Welcome to the Free Birth Podcast, a supportive space for people who are learning, exploring, and celebrating their autonomous choices in childbirth. Together, we'll unpack truths, share personal stories, and claim our ability to birth freely and intuitively. Here's your host, Emily Saldea. craving a community of like-minded women? Do you feel like an outsider in your family or your community? Well, I may have the place for you. We have a Free Birth Society private online community that's full of radical and wild women just like you. If you resonate with the topics that we explore on this podcast and want to belong in a circle of women who support each other in the self-exploration of free birth and wild mothering, come join us. You can apply online at our website, freebirthsociety.com. It's where myself and my team are hanging out these days, and we would love to get to know you. birth in the hospital, Laura knew she would not return. She resolved to free birth at home with her second child and tells us of the awkward navigation it took being a military family choosing something so radical. Laura came to her own conclusion that to have a licensed midwife in a home birth would be bringing the hospital to her, which was something she did not want. What would have been a highly medicalized birth in the system became a normal and ecstatic birth at home, even with her child's growth restriction and tight double nuchal cord. Laura then free birthed her third child and tells us of her challenging recovery. I got pregnant really young. I got pregnant at 19 oh. um, and about two months, yeah. And about two months before that, uh, my husband and I were talking about what you know, where we were going to go and what life was going to look like for us. And we decided that he was going to join the Navy and that was the best, um, like option for us really like that would house us, that would give us, you know, insurance and whatever. And um, that would be a good, like stable beginning for us. And so, um, so he started the process for that. And then we found out shortly after that I was pregnant. Um, and so during that time, I, really the only like, um, I guess not memories, but like the only thing that like stuck with me that I knew about childbirth, cause I didn't really know, like, you know, anything about it or I didn't like, sure. It didn't interest me or, you know, like stuff like that. Like it wasn't something that I like, you know, learned about in my spare time, mm-hmm. um, was that one story when I was little, my friend <laughs> told me, she was like, my mom said that giving birth is the the most painful thing in the world Mm. and like that was the only thing like you know like my mom you know she just she had four babies naturally like at the hospital but there was never like any like you know description like that that just like stuck to me and so that was the only thing and I'm like I can't I can't let it be like that you know like I can't (laughs) I don't want it to be like that like is that is that true like is it really like that yeah and so um so yeah so basically I started reading I don't remember like where I came across 
home birth for the first time. But I remember just thinking like, you know, it's crazy, like how we don't know these things exist, like Mm -hmm. before they do, you know? And so finally I had figured it out and I'm like, oh my God, people do this. Like, this is great. If people do this, then that must be a lie about it being like, you know, the worst experience of your life. Mm. And so, um, so at the time my husband was going to be in boot camp when I was giving birth. And so I was living with my in-laws and I was like, well, I can't have a home birth. So I'll just, I'll just do the hospital and I'll just, you know, I'm, I'm educated. I know I need to defend myself. I, you know, like I'd done some research and I just went in crossing my fingers. Wait, wait, wait. So, so, it would, boot, so mm-hmm. boot camp means he can't leave kind of thing. Yeah. Like, no, the only way you can talk is paper mail. Damn. That's hardcore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In the same state as you? No, he was in Illinois and okay. I was in Oregon. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're, and then why, lastly, just why did you say, and I know I can't have a home birth? What was that piece? Oh, I just, I just figured it wasn't in the books for me. I didn't try, like, I wasn't, I think if I would have had, well, and the insurance thing, you know, like where it wasn't covered. And so I just kind of, I didn't fight for it that badly. I just thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe the second one or, you know, like this is what's, convenient now, Mm -hmm, you know, like, you know, you don't go into it. I mean, until you experience it, or if you're, you know, next to someone, like you don't really, I don't know, like there's a level of ignorance, you know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I've always, I've always said and thought like if, if women could witness hospital births, prior to mm-hmm. being pregnant, uh, the, the amount of women that would choose it would drop dramatically. Yes. Yeah, it totally would. Okay. So you're like, yeah. okay, my man's not going to be there. I'm having a hospital birth, but I'm educating myself and I'm going to be able to hopefully navigate the system, even though I'm becoming aware of it not being super great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I decided to have my mom with me and my best friend. And my mom, of course, is, I mean, she was fine, you know, she was supportive, but she wasn't like, she's not one to, you know, go against the grain and like, you know, with the medical establishments and stuff like she wouldn't, which not, I don't even think I really asked her, but you know, like she just, she was just there for me, but she wasn't like a voice, you know, or like, Mm -hmm. you know, like what a husband would be. Mm -hmm. No, not really. Um, I mean, even that. Yeah, right. Or yeah. what you would hope. Yeah. Husbands are like, in my experience, husbands are the most silent in hospital births. <laughs> but but I hear what you're saying, like dual. Really? Someone oh, to gosh. Speak yeah. Anyway, so yeah. So of course I went in with my fingers crossed. It wasn't, I can't say like, you know, I wasn't cut without my permission or like, you know, I didn't have some like super traumatic things happening, but like my mid my midwife, who is also like a friend of mine, um at the hospital, um had some mandatory meetings so she was gone the whole time Mm. so I had this nurse who just super disrespectful like kept hounding me like you know I finally found my happy place in the tub and my best friend's with me in there and you know just yo you're doing great and you know and then she comes in tells me I need to get out and I'm like I don't want to get out and then comes in 10 minutes later tells no you really need to get out so I can't like I just can't, I, which I find this is common, but like, I can't stand up for myself in labor. 
Like I can't say no, even if I'm screaming no on the inside, like mm-hmm. I physically can't tell them no. And I don't know why that is, mm. but I didn't want to get out. And cause she's like, you know, how far apart are your contractions? And I thought they were a few minutes apart and then found out they were, you know, a minute and a half every minute and then decides that I need Pitocin. And then of course it goes downhill from there. Mm, yeah. And then, um, yeah, within like 20 minutes, I'm crying for the epidural and Pitocin's yeah, no joke. I know. And they were a minute and a half long and a minute apart. Like, right. You didn't I did not it. need that. And it yeah. was just this nurse that just, you know, and the whole thing from start to finish was only eight hours. It's so, so it was like it, it's so interesting to me how aghast people are when I or whoever suggest that this is truly run as a business and they literally want to turn over the rooms. Like it, I guess it just sounds so evil yeah. that that is the, that is one of the many incentives, but I've literally mm-hmm. heard, you know, charge nurses barking at nurses, like pit her. We need the room. It's a busy night. Like get, let's get shit going. You know, I just, yeah. ah. okay. I'm with you. I know. <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, so the whole thing and she came out and whatever. And of course, you know, it's all dramatic at the end with the low heart rate and they stick this needle thing, that scalpel thing that they put in their head, you know, to tell their, um, heart rate. Mm-hmm. And so they, you know, it's like this little spiral. Horrible. Yeah, that, that I don't know who invented it. Their heads. Yes. It screws. Yes. That's the word. Oh, so yeah. So of course it's all dramatic at the end. Oh, we need to get her out because her heart rate's dropping and or we're going to section you. And I think that was the only time I think I physically said no. <laughs> so, um, so she comes out of course, and she's like, you know, a little floppy and whatever. So they cut her cord right away and then they take her away and they put her, they're saying that she's cold and they put her under this lamp or whatever for like 20 fucking minutes. Yeah. And I'm like sitting there just like staring at her, like, again, like internally, like, can I have my fucking baby? And finally, I said something after about 20 minutes, but I'm just like, why is she over there when I'm right here? Like, doesn't need to be warm under a light bulb, you know? Yeah. Like, she needs to be naked on my chest. But again, this this is what everything goes back to when... When you're birthing in a system that views women as broken machines and that their technology is Mm -hmm. better, then why would they put a naked baby on a naked mom when there's these machines, you know, that can do something subpar? Ugh, I'm so sorry that happened to Uh, you. I know, it's so backwards. Yeah, it's okay. Um, Let's see. So, yeah, so, so in that moment, like that night, I was like, I'm never doing this again. Like, if I can help it, I will never be here again. <laughs> and so uh, nine months later, I got pregnant with my second. Oh, wow. And yeah. <laughs> and it was, I mean, we had wanted them close together, but not like that close together. Yeah. But, you know, again, it only takes once. <laughs> 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 and um, yeah. And so I'm like, okay, that's it. You just put a baby in me. And sure enough, there was a baby. And so, um, so I was really excited though, because I was like, basically like, I just wanted, I needed my, like my, my better birth. Like I Mm -hmm. needed to breathe again and I needed to like heal myself and know that there's something better out there, you know, that's not dramatic. And how did you feel in that year postpartum? It sounds like you had a real understanding of 
what bullshit was done to you. Yeah, it was really frustrating. I was really like, just really angry that I couldn't speak up for myself, you know, because like that whole time I was there, like I wanted, like, I had this insight, like, this is when I discovered my instincts. I forgot to mention this was like, I was in the bathroom and I just wanted to lock the door and I wanted to hide out in there until she was born. And it was like this inner voice that was just telling me to do that. And I was like, what is this? You know, like in the time, you know, it's so confusing, but later I'm like, Oh my God, like that was my instincts. That was like my inner, you know, whatever wisdom, like telling me, this is what you need to do to, you know, protect yourself. But, um, so, so yeah, so that whole year I was just mad that I didn't listen to myself Mm -hmm. really. Um, but, you know, basically just hoping that I could redeem, Mm -hmm. you know, myself and my next baby and that it would be, it would be better. Okay. So you're pregnant pretty pretty soon after. Yes. And that pregnancy, again, both of them were, were really like pretty easy. Like I didn't really have any nausea. Um, I didn't really, especially with my son, I really just never, like, I would forget that I was pregnant because I felt so good. And yeah, <laughs> which is hard to believe after being pregnant with my third, but yeah, it was, it was great. Like everything was just smooth sailing, which was good. Cause I had, you know, a little baby. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I know. So then, I don't so know how I did it. Walk me to how you go from a hospital birth into like, obviously I know you free birth your second, but, but what does that prenatal care look like? How did you get into free birth from that space? So from that, I said, I started looking into, um, obviously home birth again, because I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And I started looking into midwives and then I realized like, like, okay, I'm like, okay, well, what, you know, what does a midwife do like at home? Like, what can they do, you know, that I can't do on my own or what's different from a midwife in a hospital. And I basically came to my own conclusion that having a midwife was like bringing the hospital into your home. Wow. And I didn't want that, wow. you know, cause they, I, I read, basically I just read like so many stories and a big comments. Like another thing I researched was transfer stories. Cause I wanted to know what women, why women were transferring. And for free birth, the number one thing that I came across was the mom felt something was wrong. And so she went in. And then the second thing was if there was a midwife there, it was the midwife wanting to transfer the mom against her will. Hmm. And so I was just like, oh, okay, I'm not going to have a midwife at all. Like, this is great. I don't have to deal with any of that, you know, because I thought I was going to have to, you know, apparently there were some loopholes with the insurance and whatnot. And so I thought like I was going to have to go through all that. And And so I was like, oh, this is great. You're in California at this point. Mm-hmm. So this okay. we're on base in, yeah, in Southern California. Um, and so, yeah, so I was so like, how, oh, how, just, mm-hmm. how early in your pregnancy did you realize you were going to do this without a midwife? Oh, like by 12 weeks. Okay. Cool. It was within my first, yeah, <laughs> it was within like my first couple weeks of reading that I, that I came to the conclusion about the midwifery and all that. So, so yeah, then it was so, really soon. So you just had a wild pregnancy that was fully autonomous. 
Uh, no, I, I mean, I mean, I saw, no, I still saw someone. And that's another whole thing too, was that my first baby, she was fine, but they thought, um, because I dropped so early, they thought that her growth slowed down, which she came out like she was under six pounds, but she was, you know, she had like two inch long, dark brown hair. She, you know, (laughs) she looked totally, she was totally ready. Like she looked healthy. Um, but with, with my second pregnancy and I still, to this day, I don't know why. Um, but he, I did have like growth restriction with him at the end Really, and I don't know why. Yes. And I, 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 I realized that I drank a lot of, um, um, like, um, what's that called? Red raspberry leaf, like throughout the whole pregnancy. And apparently something I learned was it's a diuretic, which can affect blood volume expansion. So I don't know if that was it because his cord was thin, his his placenta was small, and he was under, well, just about under five pounds. Mm. So he was a tiny little peanut. <laughs> so who did and you? And he looked. Who were you seeing for yeah. prenatal care with with your boy? <laughs> oh God, you're gonna die. A male <laughs> with a male OB is what I was seeing. Which he he actually was a nice guy, and he used to do home birth midwives, but I never told him my plans. Like I saw him and he was like, well, you know, baby's small, baby should come out, you know, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I'm good. You know, like I knew instinctively, like my intuition was so strong with him that, um, wait, hold on, hold on, hold like, on. I, we got to yeah, pull back I know, for sorry. a second. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> I just got to like contextualize this a little bit. So you, you realized at whatever, like first trimester that you're going to birth at home without medical mm-hmm. assistance, but then you also are seeking obstetrical care all the whole time knowing that you're going to stay home. Like, tell me more about that. Cause that's, that's, yeah, that's like I really, I like the paper trail is really why I do it. I like the, like, I don't know, it just helps me sleep better at night, you know? Cause I'm like that way. Like I have my eyes, however they say that my eyes crossed in my or not <laughs> the other way around. <laughs> You're like, I don't even know what the right. expression is. Whatever but... the fuck it is. <laughs> so then, so, okay, so you like the paper trail, you like the illusion of being in the system, but so then are you going to have like an oopsies accidental kind of home birth or, or what's your plan when you're pregnant? Um, so, no, I just didn't tell him. Um, I mean, he was nice and he didn't, you know, I didn't do like a whole lot of tests or anything, but at the end, he started getting a little naggy because he was like, well, you know, they're only, which they don't know anything at all about babies that don't, you know, grow on par. And so he's like, well, you know, we should induce you, you know, babies should come out. And I just, you know, I felt totally confident saying no. And so he's like, okay, you know, like, what's he going to do? He didn't like threaten me or anything like that. And so, um, so basically, my and that, last that didn't um shake your decision at all no not at all because i'll tell you why <clears throat> we made my husband was like nervous the whole time and so we which which his end was a whole, it's a whole other story of the harassment that he was receiving from his command and all the people that were telling him that his wife was going to kill his baby which oh is a whole yeah, a whole other thing. Because why? And because so, he wouldn't be induced? Oh, no, because he told people that we were having the baby at home. 
you know, and I'm like, honey, no, you can't tell people that, you know, but he wanted to make sure that, you know, because people are like saying it's illegal and stuff, you know? And so he had, he asked one of his uppers and then, um, you know, somehow word got out and then, yeah, he's getting all these harassment things. Like, Mm. yeah. So, so he's coming home and he's like, Oh my God, this guy said this and this guy said this. And I'm just like, no, no, no. I'm like, they're idiots. You know, like you, you can't just stop talking, like stop telling yeah, people, you know, because then he, he tried to defend me, you know, and say things. And sometimes like he, it wouldn't be accurate or something. And I'd be like, no, honey, just, just stop. Just literally <laughs> you know? shut up. So, but it sounds, yeah. it sounds like he was on your team and he was supportive of your choice. He was, yeah, he was, but he was nervous. And so like in the beginning, he's like, uh, you know, he was worried about me and worried about the baby. And um, basically I, I, I mean, not to be rude, but basically I said, you can, you can join me or you can leave, but I'm going to be doing this. And so, um, so after that, then, you know, he kind of settled into, okay, we're doing it, you know, or you're doing it and I'll just Right. Be I, here. I wish more <laughs> women, you know, would, would roll that way because, you know, I've said this before, but time and time again, when I hear stories like what you just said, that when women are like, this is happening, you can join me or not. Um, all of mm-hmm. a sudden, when you take ownership over being a leader, which you are, whether whether you admit it or not, if you're the pregnant woman about to birth your baby, you are the leader. Um, again, whether you yeah. realize it or your husband realizes it or not, it's, it's just true. And so I love hearing those stories of women being like, yeah, you can join me or not, but this is happening because 100% of the time that I have heard women tell me those stories, the husbands or the partners are like, okay, cool. I'm on board. Yeah, I know. I feel like those women truly like, I feel like if they re- like if they were 100% wanting mm-hmm. to have the baby at home like I feel like that would be their answer, you know? Like it's it such a good little point. fishy to me. Yep, exactly. I yeah. think that there is definitely a bypass of responsibility occurring when women are blaming their husbands or their partners and it's like, well, actually if you really wanted to do it and you were committed to it, you would do it. And so Right. You know, and I mean there is also whatever is transpiring is going to probably be in keeping with the dynamic of the relationship, right? So, you know, Mm -hmm. if if the partner is the leader and he or, you know, she, but usually it's a he, you know, that tries to sabotage the dynamic or the the wishes of the woman. um, Yeah. Yeah. It's like the ones that call. Yeah. Like when they call 911 behind the mother's back. Oh my God. It's the worst. I can't believe that. I know I heard a couple of those stories. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, mm-hmm. okay, that, I mean, I guess that does change for, for, you know, perspective a little bit, but. But you're right. I mean, if yeah. there was, and maybe this is, you know, I'm not trying to sound uh, uncompassionate to the reality of living with basically an abusive person who would do that. But, you know, mm-hmm. if you were, it, in a, and, and also, I mean, it's an interesting conversation because also it doesn't need to be a woman's highest priority. Like a woman's highest priority might be keeping peace with their partner for their own calculations and whatever. I respect that, mm-hmm. but, but I agree. I think there's something a little bit bypassy to when, when people blame stuff on their partners, because, you know, you could get a hotel room or you could whatever. Right. Basically what mm-hmm. I'm saying is I've never met a woman who, if she was actually committed to free birth or home birth, that didn't make it happen. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Totally. Okay. So you've, you've got an interesting dynamic here. You've got, you're on, you're living on base. Your partner is very kind of adorably running his mouth and, and uh-huh. dealing, trying to figure out his, his place in all of this. And then you're seeing this male OB who is telling you your baby has some growth restriction, which I guess sounds like might be potentially true and is trying to induce you. And then you're just like the center of the storm being like, everybody chill the fuck out. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't tell, I, I didn't tell anybody like our neighbor knew, like our, our next door neighbor knew. Um, but other than that, I didn't tell a soul. Cause I was like, I don't want the flack. Like, I don't want the negativity, totally. you know, I don't want any of that. So tell me um, about, yeah, about so, his birth. Okay. So, um, okay, wait. So, so one more thing though. Mm-hmm. So at week, I think it was during week 38, um, my husband was still nervous. And so I said, okay, fine. We can tour, we can tour the hospital. Mm. And so we went there and we toured it. And I'm telling you, Emily, I have never had a more like cold, like feelings of death in my life. Like I walked through there and I was like, oh my God, like, which I then knew, you know, my instincts. And I was like, oh no, like I can't have him here. Like, I don't think he would make it. And so the whole drive home, I was silent. And then we got home and I was like, I was like, I got to tell you, like, I, you know, trying to find words for like what I felt, you know? Mm. And I was like, I can't have him there. Like, Mm -hmm. I just can't. And so that was pretty much like, that was like my moment when I was done, you know, finally done researching and reading and all that. And so finally, like just those past couple weeks were just like, you know, sitting and and waiting and, um, smooth sailing, I guess, you know, or whatever. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so, so his birth, so I had, I was, let's see, I was 39 and four, I think. Um, and I had another checkup because whatever I had one and I didn't, you know, I don't care to, um, I guess not go or whatever. So I was like, Oh, you know, another checkup, whatever. So, um, he, he does that. Um, what is that called? That NST machine or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, which of course baby was fine according to that, whatever that even does. And, um, so he's like, well, you kind of like seem like you're in labor. Like, you know, I was having contractions, which I was for a few days, before, like prior to that, they were like, well, since Monday, they were like 10 to 20 minutes apart. And, um, it felt good to like, you know, lean over something. So I knew it was, you know, I was getting somewhere. (laughs) And so, um, so I had him strip my membranes. What do you mean? Okay. What do you mean you had him? Like you were like, I want this. No, he, he wanted to induce me again. And so he, I think, which even then, like, I thought, you know, knowing what your dilation was meant something or mm-hmm. whatever. So he checked me. And then um, I think my, my compromise was, was sweeping. I don't remember how it happened, but I was like, okay, whatever. I, whatever. I was fine with it. And so he said, um, okay, well, here's my cell, you know, call me when you get to the hospital. Cause I was contracting pretty regularly. And um, so I was like, okay, bye. And so I went home and of course, you know, I didn't call him or anything. And, um, so I got home and the whole way home, they were every like four to five minutes 
And then um, I just kind of hung out. I drank some like nettle tea and um, just kind of labored throughout the evening. And then um, I finally got in the tub at like, I think it was like six or seven. And I was in the tub for a couple hours and husband was just taking care of baby. Like I, this whole labor, like I just wanted to be alone. And I don't know why, because, you know, every labor is so different, but for this one, I just wanted to be completely alone. And so, um, so I was in the tub for a few hours and then I got out and then, um, came downstairs and like ate some dinner and, uh, did the dishes. And then finally, like it was starting to get dark around like nine, I think it was. And I was like, oh, and I was so relieved that I'd made it to the nighttime because I just wanted like, I wanted that peacefulness of it, you know, like I wanted the dark, like I had my candles lit. Like I was just like, oh, okay, this is, you know, this is, this is it. Like, this is great. And so, um, so I just pretty much labored. I mean, just kept on laboring throughout the night. Um, I had to keep moving. Like I could not sit still. Like I tried sitting down, which of course it made me tired, but if I wasn't in the tub, like I couldn't even sit down. Like I had to be like walking or, you know, leaning over the counter and like, um, like swaying my hips back and forth. And, um, finally, I think around midnight, I got in the tub again and then it started getting pretty intense and my husband, uh, had went to sleep with my baby. And so I tried like calling him <laughs> to wake him up because I'm like, Oh, I'm like having, you know, that moment, which I wasn't in transition, but that moment where I'm like, am I really doing this? Like I'm batshit crazy. right yeah, now. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like I'm in the tub at midnight, like, you know, what am I doing? And, um, anyway, so he didn't answer. So I waited like another hour and then I got out and then, um, at that point I, I did wake him up and I was like, I need food. I'm hungry. And, uh, or and maybe a bowl or something. So he went and got me food and a bowl and I, you know, ate it and threw up and did all that. And then, um, I was on, I was hanging over my dresser on my yoga ball and I was rocking back and forth and I was just like, Oh my gosh, and I was getting pretty vocal. Like I was, things were getting pretty intense. And then all of a sudden my water like burst and I jump up and I had like, we were upstairs, you know, like in a town home and there was carpet. So I had the whole like shower curtain out with the <laughs> pads and towels on it and stuff. And uh, so I dove for that because holy fluid, like there was so much fluid, like it was just, it was everywhere. And so, um, so immediately like water broke, I went down, like basically like I, our bed was on the floor. And so I was just like leaning over our bed on all fours. And, um, and he was just coming, like he was just coming right out. Oh my gosh. So, um, it was like, I mean, I don't know which contractions switched up at that point. Like they went from being, you know, whatever longer. And, um, I don't know how her contractions go. They switched up to short and quick. Like it was like, it was like 20 seconds every like 20 seconds. Like they were just like short and strong. And um, I remember it was really awesome because I wasn't doing like, 
I did zero pushing for this one. Like mm-hmm. my bot, like I never sweat either. And like my forehead was sweating. And I remember thinking, this is so fucking awesome. Like my body, like it's, you know, it's like you're running a marathon, but you're mm-hmm. not like, mm-hmm. I wasn't doing anything, but yet like I was sweating and my body was like pushing the baby out. I don't know. It was just so cool. And, um, so, you know, like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes and, um, and he comes out and his head comes out. So my husband's behind me, um, ready to catch him for me. Cause my hands are like on the bed. And I was like, you have to catch him. Cause I'm not, you know, like I didn't want to get up in a squat or anything. And so, um, so his, his head comes out and then he's like, <laughs> my husband's like, Oh, his head's out and his little hand. Cause he had like a little hand over his eye. Aww. And, um, <laughs> I know. And then, um, and then I waited for the next contraction and then his body came out and, um, and I immediately, you know, got up and then reached under and, um, and grabbed him and then he didn't reach. So I look, it's dark in our room. So then I look and I'm, and I feel for his neck and he had the cord pretty impressively, like wrapped really tightly around his neck twice. And so I couldn't hook it or anything. So I just unrolled him on the soaking wet floor, <laughs> probably really cold. And I just kind of, you know, just rolled him like a little potato and then, um, and then scooped him right back up. Mm. And he was pretty like, um, flu- like fluidy, like you could hear the fluid. And so I just put him on my, I put his little belly on my palm and then I tilted him down and, um, you know, so he'd like drain some of the fluid or whatever. And then, um, and then just flipped him over and he looked up at me and I was just like, basically in shock. Like he, the whole pregnancy, I had like hoped and prayed for a big baby because (laughs) I got so much flack for my daughter being small, which she wasn't really that small, but I was just like, this is going to be a big baby, you know, and I just ate like a tub of peanut butter a day. And I was just like, I was so determined to have a big baby. And so I think really, I just like was shocked. Like he looked like, like a 33 week fetus. Like he, he did not look like a full-term baby at all. Hmm. And so I was just like, oh my gosh. And he, and he was long, but he was so, so skinny. And I was just like, oh my God, he's so tiny. And so I told my husband, I said, I said, you should call the medic. And he's like, why? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, he's just, he's just so small. Like, look at him. Like, we should just make sure he's okay. But how did he like um, do? Like, did he, was he fine? Like, fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was great. Yeah. Yep. He was great. And I think if I would have waited another minute, like, you know, I always had like, I always had that in the back of my mind. Like if I needed the reassurance or, you know, like, I had like, of course, those stories from, you know, my sister's a nurse where like the people who have their babies at home are, you know, the druggies or whatever. And so I didn't want, like, I cared at the time. I cared what people thought about me and I didn't want to look like, you know, like, which people, even after the fact, people were like, what the hell? Because they saw him, you know, and they knew like he was so tiny and they're like, you had that baby at home. Like, mm-hmm. you know, every, for the next three months, people said, how much Nick, oh, wow. How much Nikki time did he have? Like, you know, because he was so tiny and, and, you know, so I just be like, not, nah, he was born at home, you know, and they'd be like, what? And, you know, so I don't know, but I was, you know, I was 20, what, 21 at the time. So, you know, you live and you learn, but totally. at the time, so. 
yeah. So I was like, no, you should just call them and, you know, just so, you know, we know that we're shocked that he's small or, you know, like, I don't know, whatever, some stupid reason. So, um, so anyway, so they came and, and they were fine. Like there was like three or four of them that came in the room and the woman told me I was a badass. And, um, they said, you know, they just listened to his heart rate and they said, no, he looks great. You know, he's really tiny, but he looks great. And so I was like, oh, well, you know, great. Thank you. You know? <laughs> and so that was basically it. And they left. <laughs> so they weren't well, they like, had me, like to transfer to the hospital. Uh, nope. They had me tell, I had to tell someone on the phone that I didn't want to go, mm-hmm. which she was some snobby, I'm sure at the hospital. Like, do you want, are you, are you denying transfer? I think is what she said. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> you know, cause at that moment, I'm all like, at, at the moment I'm all, you know, high and everything. And I'm like, yep, I am. Thanks. And so, uh, anyway, so yeah, so then they left, I mean, they were there probably like 20 minutes. And, um, yeah, they were, you know, they were nice and there wasn't too many people in the room. And so it really wasn't bad, but I mean, obviously I didn't do it again and I wouldn't do it next time, but you know, it is what it is. And I mean, Um, all things considered, it's, it sounds like you actually got what you wanted was another pair of eyes to kind of evaluate your son. And then they left. I mean, that doesn't sound that bad to me. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And basically just like, you know, I don't know, not, I mean, I knew like people are judgy and, you know, tell you, you know, you're crazy and whatnot, but it was nice. Just like, just, you know, those, the words of affirmation, you know, just like, oh yeah, you know, he looks fine. Like, you know, not like, right. And what are you doing? Totally. (laughs) And that's, that's the piece that sucks is that you don't know what you're going to get. And so for your story Mm -hmm. where it was cool, another person's story is that they were shamed and bullied into a transfer, you know, so that's the bummer about kind of opening up that Mm -hmm. can of worms is it might work out wonderfully and you might get what you wanted out of the system or it might be like a whole nother horrible thing so thankfully for you yeah. it was it worked really well yeah basically rolling the dice yeah, <laughs> is exactly. what it is mm-hmm. yeah okay so um that's amazing what yeah, an awesome so, crazy yeah. story <laughs> I know I know it was pretty crazy so he so so then my placenta so they helped me cut the cord because I had I didn't boil my scissors yet and his cord was completely white and everything. And so, um, so I cut it, I mean, with their scissors, but I cut it. And then, um, the placenta, I could feel, um, (laughs) the placenta was ready to, um, to come out. And so I went and I tried to go pee, sorry. So I tried to go pee because I knew I really had to go. And, um, and I couldn't go pee and I couldn't get my placenta out. And so finally, after like a few tries, I was like, well, I'll just get, I'll get in the shower and then maybe, you know, the water will help. And so, um, so I got in the shower and then I don't remember which came first, but I was able, able to get rid of both the pee and the placenta. And then, um, and then I just actually didn't even have a, didn't even have a bowl there. So I just, set it like on a towel (laughs) and then um and then just crawled into bed with my baby and then we were awake for like a little bit but I was so tired that (laughs) we actually went to sleep like pretty shortly after because it will he was so he was born sometime between 3 30 and 4 I don't know when exactly he was born (laughs) 
but, um, but yeah, so, so totally it was like, um, you know, 12 to 13 hours. Awesome. For his labor. So yeah, so we just snuggled in bed and slept like a good six hours. So man, so it was great. I love it. It's just like, I mean, this is obviously why we do this podcast, like in, on one hand, it sounds so totally nuts that you would choose to just, you know, in, in spite of all uh-huh. the stuff, in spite of a little, you know, pressure from the system and, and then your husband's situation and all of this that you're just like, no, I saw what was available at the hospital and, and rest assured that's not happening for me, <laughs> you know, yes. and of course you have this normal, you know, beautiful story out of it. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, yeah. Awesome. So take me into your third and most recent birth. So yeah. So on to the next. Um, so and also I'm curious she, since you're a military mm-hmm. family, how did the military oh. community, I mean, you're living on base. So how does the military oh. community receive oh. this story? Yeah. I got a lot of jaw drops. <laughs> <laughs> like we had to go in and do the paperwork, which Later, I don't know, people said we we had 30 days, but initially we were told we had 10 days to get all the paperwork done. So like, fortunately, his recovery for me, or the birth recovery for me was, was great. Like I was totally fine. Um, I was up, I didn't feel like, you know, I didn't feel terrible or anything. And so we were out doing those things, getting the paperwork. But yeah, I mean, oh gosh, like, the comments from just the paperwork people and you know and then you know oh the midwife and there's no midwife what like you know they were just floored like they had never obviously never heard of it or you know whatever and then it was like oh but you have military you know you're military you have you know free hospital birth and you know it's just like oh that's not what I wanted to do you know (laughs) yeah but, um, but yeah, so, so my third baby, um, she was not conceived until my, my youngest was, um, how old was he? Four until his fourth birthday. Oh, so you had a nice um, little gap we there. Waited. I did. Yeah. Yeah. We had a really, a really good gap. And for the longest time, like, I don't remember when it started, but I had feelings of like, or maybe dreams. I don't know. Just like, I hoped it was true that like someday we would have like another little girl. And so for the longest time, like sometimes I would just sit and ponder on it and just think about it. Like, okay, are we going to have another little girl someday? Like maybe, you know, five years from now or 10 years from now, but like, I really hope that I get that little girl. And so finally um, we decided to have another baby um, four years later. And so, um, so first cycle again, conceived and, um, and that pregnancy was rough. (laughs) It was like, it was totally night and day from my other two. And we own a furniture company. Like we, like our own little small business of building farmhouse furniture. And so I knew like, or not knew, but I suspected going in that being around, like when I stain the furniture, the chemical smell is like really strong and mm. probably super horrible for you. But I knew going in, like, I was like, I'm probably going to be sick because my body is probably going to be like detoxing from all this, you know, whatever crap 
And so, um, so sure enough, the first until eight weeks, I don't know why, but until eight weeks on the dot, like I was like on my deathbed, like every day I could not do a thing. Like I threw up and I gagged and I dry heaved and I couldn't eat anything. I lost like five pounds and it was just, it was really brutal. (laughs) So finally that ended around week eight and I started to feel better again. I was like, okay, this is great. Now I can, you know, I can get back to life and I can breathe again. But, um, but yeah, the whole pregnancy, it was, it's really interesting. Like just how different every pregnancy is because like with my son, I was like so in tune with him. And like, I was so like, I was just on like this bubble of like euphoria the whole time. Like, I, I don't know, like it was just so different. Like I was just in the clouds the whole time and just so like, so in tune with him. And then with, with this one, with, with my third, like, I felt like I felt fine, but I did not feel like, I don't know, like I didn't feel like spiritual at all. Like I didn't feel like, you know, super in tune with her. I didn't feel like, I don't know, like it was just really different. I just felt like normal, you know, like normal and like, you know, present or whatever. And so, um, so basically, I mean, the whole pregnancy was fine and, um, again, I saw, so, so since we're back in Oregon for this one, um, I saw the same midwife that I saw for my first baby and not a lot, but just like, you know, an appointment here and there. And, um, and she knew obviously, cause she knew that I had my son at home in California and, um, she supported me and she was like, you know, that's, I think that's great. You're awesome. Whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so, um, so finally at, uh, let's see, 40, 40 weeks and two days, um, I woke up at three o'clock on the dot and to like, like fluid pouring between my legs. <laughs> and I was like, I remember like, it, like a couple days before it was the, um, a full, like a full blue moon. And so that night I'd went out like after everyone went to sleep and I went out and I like stood like the sky was clear and I stood under the moon and I was just like telling my baby that, you know, like I was ready when she was, but if she wants to wait a few weeks, that's okay. <laughs> you know, like I was in no rush at all. And um, especially cause like I'd felt that she was fine and, you know, my belly kept growing and I didn't feel like um, I didn't feel like she was going to be small or anything like that. And so I was like, you know, this is great. Just keep, just keep going, you know? Mm-hmm, totally. <laughs> and so, um, so anyway, so yeah. So then I woke up two days later and really like, it's kind of funny. Cause it, I was just like, I was kind of annoyed. Like I didn't want, I didn't want my waters breaking before labor. Cause I feel like it's this weird, like, <laughs> I don't know what do you call that? Not like purgatory, but I don't know. Like, there's totally. this weird place where like my water breaks, but I'm not in labor. Like, I mean, it's what do kind I do? of I'm purgatory. Not... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's just so weird, and like you know, I'm not in I'm not in labor land. I'm not yeah. like you know, I'm still fully present. Like, but you know, it's coming. it was just weird. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So it was weird. So I got all like anxious, and 
I went to the bathroom and then I remembered um, that I had heard on uh, on Marin's podcast, the Indie Birds, that you can see the the specks of vernix, like that comes off their skin. You can see it in the fluid. And so I had a towel between my legs and I looked at it and I could see the little specks. And so that got me really excited because I was just like, oh, my baby, like, you know, she's in there, <laughs> you know, like, I know she's in there and I can see, you know, like, you know, a little bit of proof or I don't know, whatever, you know, that this is happening. And that just got me really, like, really excited. And so, um, so I tried to go back to sleep and eventually I did. Um, and then... I kind of just woke to eat like two bowls of cereal, like a couple times. And then I didn't get out of bed until like, I think nine in the morning. And I just kind of like labored throughout the day. Like my husband kept the kids home from school, which in hindsight, we shouldn't have done, but we thought like, I thought, okay, maybe I'll have a fast labor this time. (laughs) And so um, we wanted the kids to be there. And so, yeah, so they were home. So it was just like this weird, it was just this weird feeling. Like, again, like I wanted the nighttime. And so, you know, it's morning time and I'm like, I want coffee, but I'm not going to drink coffee. And I just didn't really know what to do, you know? And so, um, Yo. Oh my God. How long have I been talking? 
Well, <laughs> you have. <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, your baby made some noise, and then, um, shit. Where did it log out? All of a sudden, well, you were like talking with your baby, and then it hung out, and then it hung up. Um. Oh. But you were. Well, you were in labor and you were home, your water set opened, you were home, you're in purgatory, you slept all night, and then you didn't want to have coffee. And then that was kind of what okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so basically, like, I, I just labored throughout the day, I still felt like kind of funny, like, I was waiting, like with my son, you know, it was so like, it was just this magical, like, experience where I just like, I don't know, like it, it was like a whole different like level, you know, like a whole different consciousness. I don't know. But with her, I was just so like, I was still just present and like in my conscious mind. And um, so I just, you know, kind of just hung out and just labored throughout the day and finally downloaded a contraction timer. Um, I think at like one or two. And then um, realized they were like three to four minutes apart. And so I was like, oh, okay, I guess, you know, I guess this is really happening. <laughs> and so I got in the shower. I took like a really long shower. And it's funny because I, I like, I was so emotional and I like wanted to cry and like feel good and like, you know, just like get into the zone. But I, one, I couldn't cry. Like, I couldn't cry. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. Like, hormonal wise or or oxytocin or what but like I couldn't cry and I um I just I don't know like it was just funny like I um I was in the shower for a couple hours but eventually I got out and I just was just hanging out like you know the kids were there like the kids were um you know like playing and I had my best oh and I had my best friend come um she came after work. So she came around like five 30. And so, um, I think when she got there at that point, I was in the bath again and, um, and she just sat with me and we just talked and, you know, hung out and she, and, and it was interesting, like, cause with my last birth, I didn't have, I didn't have anyone there. Mm -hmm. And, um, and with her, like, I wanted her there because I wanted like, I wanted someone to like ground me almost like, you know, like I didn't, I was like kind of afraid of having like an anxiety attack or, you know, like thinking like stupid nonsense and freaking myself out. And so, um, so I decided, cause I told her, I was like, well, I think I want you there, you know, I'll keep you posted. And, um, anyway, so I, so I and had her come most, over. And most women mm -hmm. want support in their labor. I mean, we're walking right through the veil and it's, fucking intense you know and that's that's what's so sad yeah. about the state of birth in this patriarchy is it's so mm -hmm. convoluted now that to have support generally means we have to go to the hospital or we have to spend thousands of dollars on a regulated midwife and and then i find that in the free birth community women feel like they have to justify why they want people there and it's Don't like want... oh yeah <laughs> um sorry yeah no it, okay um yeah. Anyway, so of course you wanted support there. Of course, that's completely understandable. Yeah. So yeah, so it it was nice having her there. Like she like she grounded me and kept me like 
chill and, you know, like we just hung out and stuff. But at the same time, it was like different. It was really different having someone else there, you know, and not just, um, you know, not just myself or not just my husband in the other room, you know? Um, so yeah. So anyway, so, um, she offered to watch the kids so I could just have like some alone time, um, with my hubby. And so, um, we were in bed for like, I don't know, like an, I don't know, an hour or two and, um, just kind of, you know, like cuddling and stuff and having sexy time. And then like (laughs) contractions would get kind of intense and then I'd have to like, you know, jump up and be on all fours (laughs) like for the contraction and then lay back down again. And, um, so finally, like he, I had been eating like a ton. Like I've never, like I ate like I think at one point I ate like four or five chicken thighs <laughs> and then like <laughs> just like barbecue That's sauce. Funny. I just cooked them, you know, in a pan and like, I shit you not like 30 minutes later, my stomach was growling again. Like my body was just like plowing through the food, you know, like, just like feed me. I need more energy. And so, um, finally my husband put the kids to bed and he was like, okay, well I'll go get, I don't know what it was, teriyaki chicken or something from some restaurant. So I'm like, okay. So at this point it's like, I think eight o'clock or so. So he gets back and, um, it's finally getting dark out. And so, you know, again, I'm like, uh, okay, it's dark out. You know, like my kids are in bed and like immediately that got things rolling. Like I couldn't even eat the food that he brought home. Like we were in the, so we were downstairs in the kitchen and then like I had a contraction that brought me like to my knees. I had to like get down in a squat and, um, and like relax for it. And I was like, Oh boy. Okay. I'm going to go back upstairs <laughs> and get, and get in the bath. And so, um, so I went back up and got back in the bath and then it was pretty, like, I started feeling shaky and nauseous. And so I was like, Oh boy. Okay. Maybe like, you know, transition is happening and you know, maybe this baby will be born soon. And so, um, so for the next like two hours, <laughs> I've never had, <laughs> I've never even heard of a transition this long, but it was a really long transition. Like I was super shaky. I kept throwing up. I couldn't keep anything down, but I was so hungry, you know? So I kept trying to eat stuff and then, um, and then I threw it right back up. And so, um, so finally, like I got out of the bath and I was in my bedroom and it was like, it was baby time. Like I was like mm-hmm. putting towels down. I was like trying, like, <laughs> I felt like this like wild animal. Like I'm like putting towels down and trying to, you know, again, protect the rug and uh, trying to like make my space, but it was all slippery. And I was like, no, I can't do this. And, and I'm just like moving around in the room. And finally, I'm just like, Oh, I'm so tired. And like uh, my friend and my husband, I think my husband went downstairs to make me more fruit. And I don't know where my friend went, but she was somewhere else. And so I was like, okay, I'm so tired. I'm just going to lay down and take a nap. (laughs) And so I lay on my bed and baby was like, baby was pretty low because it felt like, it felt really funny. Like I laid down on my side and closing my legs was like, it felt really weird. And, um, but I was like, I'm determined to get this nap because I'm just so freaking tired. (laughs) And so I slept and I don't know how long I slept. My husband said it was like a minute, but I don't know if it was a minute or five or whatever but I woke up when he came back in the room with a plate of like a plate of like <laughs> beautifully decorated fruit 
And I'm like, where the fuck have you been? Yeah. And he's like, I made you this fruit. And I'm like, why are you taking so long? Like I'm dying up here. And so, uh, <laughs> and so like immediately I, I sit up on the bed and I'm like, a baby like just moved down. And I was like, Oh my God, she's coming. And he's like, what do you need? And I'm like, how am I get to the toilet? I have to poop really bad. Cause normally, normally I always empty my bowels in early labor, like completely. I've done that the past two times. And so this time I didn't. And so I was like, I have to poop so bad. Like, just help me to the toilet. And so, um, so he helps me to the bathroom and I'm sitting on the toilet. And then like, at this point, like full on, like fetal ejection reflex, like I'm, I don't know if I'm screaming, but you know, I'm like roaring and whatever. I'm being super vocal. And, um, I keep thinking like, okay, baby's going to be right there. And, and then I feel, and I, didn't feel any baby, which that was another thing. Like with this labor, I was like, okay, I'm not going to check myself. I'm not going to do, um, I'm not going to do any of that because with my son, which I think I forgot to mention this too, but I checked myself twice during that labor. Mm -hmm. And I checked myself once in the beginning and then once like two hours before he was born and both times it felt the same. Like I thought at the time it was like a four or a five. And so I was like, discouraged you know and so this time I was like I'm not doing any of that like I'm not <laughs> whatever <laughs> when this baby comes then she'll come you know mm-hmm. and so um so I reached in and I tried to feel her head and it was like a few inches up and I'm just like oh my god are you kidding me because it was just like I felt like I was pooping a bowling ball like it's really what it you, felt you like pretty much are <laughs> <laughs> right yeah and um and so and then the other thing was like throughout the, the two-hour transition she was punching me like ferociously. Like, oh, that's I sweet. think she was trying. <laughs> I know, isn't it? <laughs> I think she was trying to move like into a better position mm-hmm. because she came out facing my thigh. So she came out like, you know, a little Willy Wonka. And so I think she was trying to turn because my babies are always posterior the entire pregnancy and then they slip right before they're born. And so, um, so I think she was trying to do that, but I don't know, maybe it was too late or I don't know. She has a really big forehead. So maybe that's why I don't know. (laughs) And uh, anyway, so yeah, so it was really difficult. So, so the fetal ejection reflex is going, but I am also like assisting in that and like grunting, you know, through it and like helping a little bit on my end. And um, so finally, like I get off the toilet. My husband's afraid she's going to be born in the toilet, which (laughs) whatever. So I can't say no. So I'm just like, okay, fine. So I get down and I'm like squatting and um, finally, like, I don't know, three or four more contractions probably. And, um, and her head finally comes out and it's just like, oh my God, like finally, like that bowling ball was so big. <laughs> and so then I wait, you know, I breathe cause I'm like yelling at this point. And so um, I breathe and wait for the next contraction and then her body emerges and then my husband grabs her and hmm. um, quickly, you know, hands her to me and she cried. She let out one cry right when she came out. And um, yeah, and I mean, she was just, you know, pink right away and her cord was, her cord was beautiful. I didn't get a picture of it like right away. Like my my husband took pictures like, you know, probably a minute or two after, but like her cord was like, it was like those ones that you see 
like midwifery places post pictures of like it was super thick and mm-hmm. spirally and like yeah it was so cool and I was just like oh my god because even I don't know what my first babies was but you know with my sons it, it wasn't right. like that and so I was like oh my god that's so cool and that must have felt good and to so see. it did yes like I felt like like successful, you know, like not that my other baby wasn't fine, but I was just like, yay. Like, you know, I have like a chubby baby and Mm -hmm. yeah, it did it. It it felt great. And, um, yeah, anyway, so we just sat there for a few minutes and, you know, she was looking up at us and, and you um, have, you have one of my most favorite, favorite right after birth photos. Oh, oh my, yeah, I think I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> oh, it's just amazing. Just the, the joy on your face and the way that, just the rawness and the nakedness. And we'll have to post that with this episode because it's just, okay. it, it encapsulates, you know, just, just the rawness and beauty and joy of, of birthing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And the relief too. Like, I remember yeah, like, yeah. Oh, like, cause after my son, it was just like, I was so happy and stuff. But like after her, I was just so relieved. Like I was, it was so much, it was just so much work, you know, to get her out that I was just like, uh, it was just so, I don't know, just so amazing, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so we went and got in bed and then, um, the placenta, I could feel it was ready to come out. And so I, um, we cut her cord, um, because I wanted to get the placenta out because it was like, I was like having like birthing contractions again. And I'm like moaning with someone. I'm like, okay, I need to get this thing out of me like now. And so, um, so we had cut her cord and then I went to the shower and I went to, um, I brought a bowl and then I was like, I'll just do the same thing that I did last time. And so I squatted down and, um, peed and birthed the placenta and then, um, came back to bed and just snuggled up. Like as soon as I got back in bed, she, she was ready to nurse and she was like doing the breast crawl, which was really cool. Cause I also like my other babies didn't do that. Um, or I didn't have, you know, the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, so she was like rooting and trying to find the breast. And, um, so she nursed for a good hour and then we finally went to sleep. I don't, at that time I was so like, I was so like euphoric and happy that I was having a hard time going to sleep, even though I was so tired, but eventually, you know, we went to sleep and, um, and that was that really. Beautiful. It's about as good as it gets. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty great. Mm, That's awesome. But the post and the postpartum, like for her too, was really hard. Like I couldn't even, I really didn't even get out of bed and like go downstairs until I think it was day five. Like I just couldn't, which I had a cough too. That like, I was afraid of like, everything falling out (laughs) like Mm. it was like I was just like oh my gosh I need to just be in bed like and it was it took like probably three months before I felt normal again like it took it took quite a while (laughs) which again maybe was just her big forehead I don't know (laughs) no but I also think that that's something we need to talk about more because 
you know, I mentioned this in, a, in another podcast recently that it's, mm-hmm. I think that there's this idea that if you, if you do everything right <laughs> and you have this normal undisturbed birth and blah, 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 that you're going to feel amazing mm-hmm. and you're going to bounce back. And the reality yes. is, especially after, I mean, I mean, I shouldn't even say that because sometimes it happens more with the first and sometimes it happens more with the third, but birth is really hardcore and it's normal and mm-hmm. perfectly understandable for it to take multiple weeks or months, um, you know, to feel kind of whatever that back to normal is for you. Um, you know, but again, we're so driven by that bounce back mentality of our culture, um, that I do think Mm -hmm. we normalize. I mean, to me with what I hear, I think it's totally understandable that it would take you a couple months to feel back to normal. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good point too. Like I've seen that where it's like, oh, my natural birth, my recovery was so much faster than, you know, my epidural birth, but it's like, well, why? Like, you know, there's really no, I mean, that's great that people have that, but Mm -hmm. yeah, there's really no like, you know, correlation between the two. Like, I don't know, for some reason it was just a hard recovery. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes I think it's harder after multiple kids because you are going to be more pushed to get up and just make that snack or put the baby to put the other kid to mm-hmm. bed or, you know, all that it takes to run a household of, of five now. I mean, it's just, it's yeah. so much harder to commit or even to have it even be possible to stay in bed and rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. My husband was off work. So that's what made that possible because <laughs> otherwise, yeah, who knows mm-hmm. what I would have had to deal with, but it was really nice. Like my family came over a lot shortly, but came over just to bring meals. So that was really nice. Like that was, it was amazing. Cause then I was like, Oh, thank you. Like, you know, you bring me like cooked food and then you don't stay more than 20 minutes. And you know, <laughs> it was great. Yeah. And is that something so, that yeah. you is that something you voiced like drop it and don't stay or, or was that just understood? I didn't. Uh-uh. No, I never, I never did. And in California, um, you know, obviously we didn't have anyone because we were there alone. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it was just, I don't know, just my siblings and, um, and my parents and yeah, I don't know. It was just really nice. I guess they just knew. I mean, my mom has had four, so maybe that's why. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But awesome. Yeah, but it was just, it was nice. <laughs> I love it. I love your stories. I love, you know, as usual, just the normalcy of it and, and the power of it. And um, I just, you know, it's 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 so important for these stories to get told because again, you know, as, as everyone who listens knows, my intention with this is just to normalize what is already normal, you know, coming back to center mm-hmm. and, and trusting our intuition and, um, you know, following our truth. And, and for you and for so many of us, you know, it's just to have normal birth in our homes with our families. Um, and that's exactly what you actualized. And I'm just so proud of you and inspired by you. And I know that this story, <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, and this story will go far and, and will inspire and normalize, um, you know, women's experiences all over the world. So thank you for sharing this and just so beautiful. Oh, you're so welcome. And, and just one more thing, if I yeah, can just add. Um, another thing, like, 
is like, you know, it's always fun to like think like, okay, what if I was in a hospital, you know? And like this one, like from the time my waters broke, like it was 21 hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, I don't know, like, you know, now that I'm pregnant with my fourth, I'm like, how long is my next labor going to be? <laughs> it's going <laughs> to be like longer with each one. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Well, and I know normally, you know, it's always the other way around, but I mean, who knows what would have happened in a hospital, you know, like 21 hours is... We we do know you would have had a C-section. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's really nuts. It's just crazy. Most stories I hear, well, obviously all births are intervened with in captivity. So it's not like Mm -hmm. that amazing to say that most stories I hear would have been intervened with, but I mean, mine, I'm confident would have been a C-section. It sounds like at least one of yours would have, um, you know, a lot of women that I speak to who, who have normal births because also we're redefining what normal is, you know, the range of normal, the variability of normal, um, when, when we hear these, these free birth stories is so much wider than ever, ever, ever what is allowed um, in the medical models. Yeah. That's another huge reason why it's so important to share these stories because these stories don't exist in captivity, which is why- I know they don't. Yeah. And if you're familiar with my story, like I pathologized my own labor because I had only seen long labors handled in captivity. So- you know, these stories are, you know, just even like what you just said, you know, the fact yeah. that your third birth took so long, so many women, you know, because of this lie that they're supposed to go faster, um, you know, will freak out, oh, excuse me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just, there's just such a wide range of normal and that there isn't any one way. And, and yeah, your stories are amazing and, and healthy and beautiful and safe mm-hmm. and, following your truth. And, and exactly like you said, the, just the joy and the relief that you experienced after this birth, um, it mm-hmm. just affects your whole family. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. And, and that's like the other thing, you know, this time the kids were older. And so it was like, my daughter came in and, um, like right when we crawled into bed and, um, and she snuck in and I'm like, Oh, you know, come over here and, you know, meet your baby sister. And, you know, and she had told me, that she had heard me pushing Thea out and she didn't want to interrupt. So she waited and I was just like, Oh my God, like, it was just so like, so sweet, you know? That is so sweet. And uh-huh. just, yeah, I mean, it's just like, I can't imagine like, you know, being in a hospital and like you let like three days later, you bring home a new baby and you know, kids have been at grandma's or, you know, whatever, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems not ideal, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like opposed to just having them there at the, at the moment. It's just, I don't know, it's something really special. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really, God, it just will never stop blowing my mind that we are just doing the most normal thing and it is so, so rare and, you know, just, yeah, family birth, right? Like that needs to be reintroduced Mm -hmm. into our society. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Well, thank you so, so much. Wonderful to connect with you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I know. I'm so excited. Got to finally talk to you. That's it for today, everyone. Join us next week for another episode of the Free Birth Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your body, your choice. Lots of love.